0: This is the Everything EV Podcast, by EV Powered. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everything EV Podcast, a weekly show that brings you the latest news, views and opinions from every corner of the EV industry. I'm your host, Charlie Atkinson, and in these episodes we'll be discussing everything to do with electric travel, so whether it be cars, bikes, boats or even planes, we'll have it covered. We'll also be speaking to people from within the industry to get their views on the EV space, as well as other features such as electric car reviews, electric motorsport coverage and much, much more along the way. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms, so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to receive every single episode as soon as it's released. And please do go back and check out all our other episodes too. This week, I'm joined by Melanie Shufflebotham, the director and co-founder of EV Chargepoint Mapping Service, ZapMap. ZAPMAP has become one of the most important parts of an EV driver's life, helping users locate charge points all across the country, providing MAP data with real-time charger status, payment services and up-to-date insights on the UK's rollout of electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Melanie is here today to share the story behind ZAPMAP, to detail the UK's EV charging progress and to share her views on the wider industry of electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Melanie, it's great to have you on the podcast, nice to be chatting with you today. Um, now, as we were just saying before, ZapMap's obviously become such a massive part of the EV industry, and it helps out so many different EV drivers on a on a daily basis. But to to kick things off, I just wanted to go back to the start of the the ZapMap journey, really, and sort of where the inspiration for the company came from, and yeah, just the sort of journey of of getting ZapMap off the ground.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks, Charlie. Great, great to be here. It's really nice to to be talking to you. So yeah, so so ZapMap really um, started with me and my. Uh, co-founder uh, Ben Lane we had another website nextgreencar.com which was really all about finding a low emission car um, and from that we were looking at all sorts of different cars and in around 20, 2012 we realized that electric cars were really going to be the winners because we looked it up at lots of other technologies and we thought at that point well you know electric car drivers out there how are they going to be able to find charging points so we started by adding I think there was around 700 public charge points at that point into a spreadsheet and popped it up in a in a google map within our website next green car and just quietly let it be there and then over the next couple of years it became the most popular page on the website people started emailing us and saying we need an app we need this we need that and we thought oh we're on to something here that's great and of course at the same time the number of evs that were being sold in the market was going up as well so the market was growing there were more and more um, people getting evs so then we thought right we, we, we need to sort of create a brand, set, sort of set set ZapMap free. So we created a website. And because we come from a website background, we knew that um, or we wanted to provide um, not just, a, just the map, but also a whole lot of information to help people make that transition. So we started right from the beginning, providing guides. What is, you know, what's a kilowatt? What's Chathamo, CCS? So we created a whole load of content and the website map. And then from there, uh, there was a lot of demand for an app. So we managed to cobble together enough money to to make the first version of the app, which actually was was a paid for app at the very beginning, um, which in retrospect, obviously better not to be paid for. But at the time, it it, it made sense for us. So we we had a paid for app and actually that first version of the app then allowed us to create the second version of the app, which was then free to download. And really, it, it went from there, went went from strength from strength from there.
0: Yeah, it's interesting then. So running ZapMap alongside the growth of the EV industry, as you mentioned there, you've obviously been in and around the EV industry from its from its early days then really. So how have you seen, what have been some of the most significant changes you've seen to the EV industry over, over that time from when you first started to what the landscape of electric vehicles and electric vehicle charging looks like today?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, a, a, an absolute massive change. I think at the beginning, um, obviously, the people who had EVs were real pioneers, real, you know, and then became early adopters. So they were ha- very knowledgeable and happy to do a lot of research and think thinking about things before going on a journey. And of course, the majority of cars had much lower range. So, you know, maybe around 100 miles range versus the 200, 250 that we see today. So public charging was very, very important for them. So I think that, you know, that was, that was one thing. Um, also, of the number of chargers were were, were a lot fewer. Um, I mean, literally they're just, in some places there were no chargers at all. Um, And then Ecotricity started rolling out their charge points along the motorway network, which was I think a very significant moment. And there were pockets of the country which had had chargers. For those people who've been in the industry a long time, there was something called plugged-in places, which were a number of cities who got a whole load of investment to to add charge points. And of course, now the charge points are across the whole country. We've got the whole range of charge points from the the very uh, low-powered charge points on street charges all the way up to the to the high-powered 350 kilowatt charge points. So, so that's changed a lot. The people have changed. So so now it's it's moved on from the from the very early adopters. I'd say maybe the early mass market where people want to buy an electric car they know all the advantages and they they want to get in and they they, they want to just start to charge and start to use it um and so that means that, that everything needs to be a lot more simple we need to have clearer language um, and everything needs to just just work uh, I think those are probably the main the main changes I've seen
0: yeah no it's really interesting and I've, it's an interesting time to be talking to you as well because I've I'm, I'm sure you're aware that uh, on ZapMap's website, the statistics for electric vehicle charging for May have just been updated. So I don't know if you've got this. I appreciate I'll probably be dropping this um, on your toes a little bit. But <laughs> I was wondering if you had sort of any sort of stats, facts and figures for us just to give us a bit of a up to date um update, if you like, of what, what that current situation for charging in the UK is like.
1: Sure. Um, Yes, I think this this, uh, in 2023, we've seen the installations have really picked up pace a lot. So over and on average, over the last five months or the first five months of this year, we've had an average of around 1,600 new chargers installed. And that's compared to the same time last year, around 900 a month were installed. So you can see that that's a a big shift up, I think around 70 to 80 percent up. It, and within that, um, the, the main thrust of the, the installations has been on these ultra rapid, hundred kilowatt or more chargers, which which is really great to see because that is really, I guess, the, the 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 most visible area and the area where people can see see the charge points, and it it, it makes a big difference to people. Uh, we we've also seen a big increase in the number of, of charging hubs, so as defined by more than six rapid or ultra rapid chargers at a location. We've seen, um, you know, there's examples you see in the press all the time. I and mean, the one I was really pleased about was to see the Osprey Salmon's Leap um, charge location going in on the A38. So that's going to be brilliant for people who are going down to Devon in the summer. I think there's 16 ultra rapid chargers uh, being installed there. But it, yeah, there, there are many other examples of, of ultra rapid charging hubs going in. I looked at the numbers and there's now 140 charging hubs with more than, more than six rapid or ultra rapid chargers. And then an additional 60 or so from from Tesla. So that's that's a significant in- increase from last year.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because obviously we are making such great progress with the, the rollout of um, of charging infrastructure. And, and like you said, with the, the charging hubs as well, that's been one of the, the sort of key trends in the EV charging industry. But I, w- I was reading uh, I think it was from the RAC. I was reading a report or a study earlier where the, they basically said that we're way off hitting that. Um, government target of having six or more I think it's six or more ultra rapid charging stations at every motorway services so do you, how how do you assess that what's, what's your take on that are we d- should we be fixated by these targets and these deadlines or should we just take it as we're making good progress and, and let's keep it up and get even quicker if we can
1: yeah I mean I think it's I think it's I think the whole topic of targets is, is interesting That target of having six um, rapid or ultra rapid charge points at every single motorway services. I mean, clearly that is really important important target for the infrastructure. I think that RAC report said there was only around there's certainly less than thirty out of the hundred or so motorway services. So that that is something that I would like to like to see happen. We we know that there are some challenges in terms of installing. Um, these, it's, it's not the will is there, and, and I think the money's there, but it, there are some uh, issues with getting the right grid connections, uh, so that these charge points can be installed. I think the flip side of that, so so yes, I think that needs to happen. And, and I think it's it's frustrating that there aren't six at every single motorway service station. I think the flip side of that is that some motorway service stations, there are many more than six already. So in the areas of high demand, you've got some, some charge locations which have got 12 24 chargers all, all, already installed and i think also you're finding that the motorway services is just just one place to charge but the number i was saying before i.e 140 charging hubs very very few of those are on the motorway service areas there they might be just off an a road they might be near a, a, a large town um so so the charge point operators if then they're, 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 they're not able to necessarily to charge to, to install at the motorway service areas because of the the contracts are in place so they are finding locations just off the off the main main routes and and people are going to those
0: yeah and i think public in uh, public charging infrastructure is always the sort of under the spotlight isn't it really but when you're taking the whole picture of ev charging i mean i, I know it's not the case for every for, for everyone sorry but a lot of people can and do have the ability to charge at home uh, I know it's destination charging is growing and growing as well. So the whole sort of ecosystem of electric vehicle charging is becoming more sophisticated and and yeah, is it, is becoming greater, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I think I think definitely. I mean, to me, to me, there's at least three different types of charging. So there's the you know the the on route charging which we've just been talking about, which. Top of mind, very high profile and what EV drivers want, they want reliable chargers, they want more than one charger in a location so they can be confident of a charge, they want it to be as high speed as possible and they want it to be near... The, the the key journey routes so that you know that's that's the the ultra rapid or rapid charging infrastructure and I feel quite confident that that's being installed at a at a decent rate and there, there's a lot of focus on that and there's a lot of money going into that I think the only caveat on that is you know this this issue with with the grid and also I think there are some areas where the more commercial companies maybe are not focused because they don't think they're going to get a return but I was pleased to see that um the welsh government have installed 11 rapid chargers in wales that used to be a, a huge desert and that that's now filling up so i think there might need to be a few the government needs to step in in areas where where it's maybe not commercially viable for for the for the you know very commercially focused companies so that's you know that's the en route charging then of course right at the other end of the scale as you say home charging we, we know that the, the the when we survey our Zapmap users, eighty four percent of our users have home charging. So yeah, they are happily charging at home. And so we think probably there's six hundred thousand home chargers already installed in the UK. You know that's a huge huge resource. So that resource can be used potentially for community charging. You know sharing those charges with others. Number one, those people who don't have off street off street parking can have potentially on-street charging, so chargers on the street or lamp- converting lamppost chargers. When I went to uh, Fully Charged Live a couple of weeks ago, there were some amazing solutions. There was the Kerbo the charge with the gullies. There was charge bridge, a sort of bridge coming over the pavement. There were pop-up chargers. So there's lots of tech solutions out there. Um, and I think now it's 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 about the local authorities engaging with the different solutions, thinking about their local needs and thinking how they can either provide or enable those those sort of on uh, off, uh, sort of home home charging equivalents to be rolled out or enable individuals to be able to to get access access to them themselves and then in the middle there's all these destination charges which actually is the biggest category and they are at car parks at attractions they're at bnbs at hotels uh, and, and i think out of the 40,000 odd devices that are on zapmap at least 20,000 we would we would categorize as destination charges so for me these are more about having the fact that electricity is everywhere and having the opportunity to have a charger to top up really wherever you go whether you're going shopping or if you're going to you're going to a destination and being able to sort of graze and top up your your charging
0: yeah when you mentioned the 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 the, the zap facts there that 84 percent of your users do have home charging as well i just want to play devil's advocate a little bit because this always gets thrown back at me from my job but a lot of people with my life that don't drive an electric vehicle always throw this example of me Is it's those those people that live in the high-rise flats that don't have their own um, home charger and have to re- rely on public charging infrastructure so i mean charging charging infrastructure is still seen as the biggest issue for many people but do you accept that that is still an issue that exists or are we now at a stage where there's enough public charging, enough destination charging options where it's not as big a problem as it once was.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm picking that a bit. We have currently got just under 800,000 electric car drivers on the road now, pure electric drivers. There's 30 million drivers out there. And by 2030, when the, when the ban comes in, approximately 10 million people will have 10 million, there'll be 10 million electric cars on the road so there you know even by 2030 there will be 20 million cars out there which will you know over time go electric so in terms of the the the, the it, it, not everyone will be going electric in the next 7 years obviously i'd love that to happen as quickly as possible but i, I and it's to me it's a no brainer for people who've got off street parking for the reasons we know you know cheaper charging link into your solar panels overnight charging et cetera, et cetera. so that that's you know that's clear for those people who don't have off-street parking, I think it is a little bit more of a of a de- decision make de- decision for them. Yeah, you know, I would say firstly, is there charging available in your area? You know, or either community charging or, or local charging that is, that is suitable for you, or can you influence your local authority to start providing some um, charging? And, or what is your appetite to, to do that charging? So, so I think it is a little bit, it, you know, it's less clear cut. So, to me, off street parking, clear cut, you know, no reason why you wouldn't get an electric car if you're, if you're buying a new car now. But when you haven't got off street parking, absolutely it's possible. There's lots of solutions out there. But, you, you know, you as an individual need to be up for it and you need to say, okay, it's not going to be exactly the same as a, a petrol car. But, of course, there's the benefits as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to come on to some of the issues of public charging infrastructure that we've spoken about already. I know you mentioned the the sort of issues regarding grid and and some of the other problems. But what do you see as the the sort of biggest barrier and or the biggest obstacle to that sort of really accelerated rollout of public charging infrastructure?
1: Um, I mean, I think so. So I think on the on the on route charges, it it, it is broadly when i talk to the charge point operators most of them say i've got, got the money we've got the business model we just want to move faster so that that typically is what with what with what the charge point operators are saying um so i think there it really it is all about these sort of logistics the logistics of 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 getting the connection with the grid of of getting the right price um of of you know all, all those sort of log- logistical logistical things um i mean i think on the other side on the other end i think it is more about uh, local authorities engaging so when you look at various studies have been looked at at, at local authorities so, some of them are really um powering ahead really well and others are maybe not engaged and, you know and there's probably be understandable reasons for that they've got lots of other uh issues that they're grappling with with now um and they're looking at maybe a more broader transport transport policy but i i would say that it. it, it independent of that it is important for all local authorities to start to engage in this and think about it and start building up expertise so that they can have a position and have a plan for their for their local community
0: yeah it's interesting you say that because where i live i live in northamptonshire and it's an absolute desert for oh, for <laughs> electric vehicle charging so yeah i mean i had someone um we we get lots of different cars on test to review and uh, i had i've got the genesis gv60 um, on my drive at the moment and i had a really funny um phone call from the press fleet guy who was delivering the car saying uh, it's company policy for us to deliver this to you with 80% but it's got 61% but I can't find a charger anywhere near you so I mean Northampton's not particularly rural as such I mean Northamptonshire is a little bit but how big of an issue is that sort of charging uh, infrastructure for those rural areas I know the Osprey one you mentioned was a real big step in the right direction and and a good a good sign of a sign of things to come sorry but I mean public charging infrastructure across rural areas is, is another big issue isn't it
1: yeah I, th- I mean I think that's, that's disappointing to hear that you haven't got got many in your area I think there is there's a misconception that if, if you're in a rural area you are more likely to have off-street parking and therefore it's not an issue and I think studies show that it is still in a rural area there does need to be pub- public public infrastructure. So. I think there are still areas where there's there's patchy supply of 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 charge points and that's that's either up to the, the commercial companies to see an opportunity and find a spot to put in a in a charge point or it's it's on the other side it's it's the local authorities to sort of engage and and think of a more sort of generic solution. Absolutely.
0: One thing I did want to speak to you about is one of the biggest trends within public charging infrastructure at the moment is is the the focus on accessibility, because I know. Uh, we've we've done yeah. loads with companies like ChargeSafe and and Kate behind ChargeSafe is doing loads of great work and I know Osprey have taken to that um massively as well so I just wanted to to ask you really how important that role of um accessibility is within um within charging infrastructure at the moment
1: yeah I think I think it's really important I think we, we've we've talked to lots of EV drivers who for them it's 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 really hard when they you know, there's the issue of being out to, just to get to the charger of the charge if the if the spaces are too close together it's the the weight of, of the of the charging cable itself it's being able to to look at the screen sometimes and there's lots of different people have different accessibility needs and and equally as well there's there's fleets who have have other needs in terms of they might have a very large car large car or van which can't fit in the space so I think as the market develops, so we've gone from a a time where it was just about, the information was just about, is there a charger there? How fast is it? Full stop. And now over time, the the, the information that, that we gather and that EV drivers want is, is developing all the time you know, we've added live status data so that people can see if, if the charge points available or not. We, we've added on all the user comments so that that sort of goes to a certain extent towards being able to sort of add in additional information we've added in facilities we've added in pricing um so we 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 could you know for us it's obvious that the, the data is at the heart of everything we do so we absolutely want to be able to add on additional information so that then people with different needs can then find the right charger for them to find a reliable available charger for them at the right time so we've invested a lot of money in all of our filters so that people can filter by power rating by access by pricing uh, by location type and so that, that's an area that we you know we are really keen to develop so so that we help people with all sorts of accessibility needs, very specific needs, so that they can find the right charger for them.
0: Absolutely. And when you talk about how the market's developed, what what else would you like to see? What what do you want to see for electric vehicle charging down the line? Obviously, we've spoken about uh, charge hubs popping up, accessibility, the role of solar. What how do you? It's a question in two parts, really. What would you like to see, and also how do you think the the industry is going to develop over? Maybe the the sort of short to midterm the next few years
1: yeah I mean I think when 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 we sort of talk to EV drivers and and from our knowledge for us it's about really what I talked about right at the beginning is that EV drivers many EV drivers and it's going to be increasingly so they want they want to get 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 their electric vehicle they want to be able to obviously a bit bit of research and a bit of sort of understanding of the market and they want to go out they want to be able to find a charger charge up. They want to be able to see, um, see all the information that they need. Um, and so that you know that's what we at ZapMap are very much working on in terms of how do we make the experience across all the different networks? Because unbelievably, there's around 80 different networks at the moment. So each one of those networks or m- most of them provide great experience, but they're all slightly different. So ZapMap's role is to pull all that data together, provide it in a standardized format, allow people to find the right charger for the right need in the right place, um, so, so to me, that's a, you know really important. All about making it simpler for the EV driver, and of course, making the transition easier as well, and helping uh, new drivers understand the difference between the different types of charges they need and. Uh, You know, d- just how it's a little bit different to me better, but a little bit different from driving, driving a nice car. And sorry, what was the second part of the question? I know it's just going
0: to say, uh, yeah, it was just a, a general question, really, of just how you how what sort of trends or what things are we likely to see for in in the whole sphere of electric vehicle charging? Really, any sort of key trends like like we spoke about um, the, the growth of charging hubs, the role of solar and, and accessibility oh, and things like that?
1: Yes, so, you know, so I think, the, so, so, you know, num- number one, I see it continuing to shift towards hubs and ultra rapid charging. So I think not in not too distant future, 350 kilowatt charges will be the standard charges that are implemented at the moment, not very few cars can actually charge at that rate. But I think as, as batteries develop, as range develops, I think, you know, I think that will be, be, be great. And, you know, really good. I think um, all this, area about more data accessibility making it a nice experience at the charging charging point itself i think there's going to be a whole load of information and market developments around pricing at the moment all people are talking about is saying there's not enough chargers. soon people will be saying there's so many chargers, and then it will be a different you know, it'll be a different game then it'll be about finding the cheapest the greenest you know it will be it will be a different 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 um, market and people will be able to choose between all these these different different charges i also like the idea of of having more facility for booking so i think that's really important for particularly for fleets who have particular time constraints and they want they need to get to places at a particular time i don't see that all charges will be bookable but potentially if you've got a hub of 100 ultra rapid charge not 100 20 ultra rapid chargers amazing imagine if two or three or five of those were bookable and then the rest were just sort of com- coming in and out so i think those types of of development is is what i see broadly in the market i think other things that i hope will happen is is around pricing so you know at the moment there is this disparity between pricing of electricity at home and pricing of electricity on the on the public network so the people who have off street parking not only benefit from the convenience of having charging at home and being able to link into their solar panels if they're lucky enough to have installed solar panels but they also have a have a cheaper electricity price because there's there's the VAT is only 5% whereas you when you get onto the public network that is a 20% VAT rate so i would like to see that equalized because i think when we move into the mass market, we need to make sure that electric cars are affordable, um, cheap to run, and it doesn't become the sort of preserve of of people who, who people who got high, high income um, as, as a transition. And so in parallel to that. A big thing for me is to see more affordable, smaller cars. I don't like this move to the very larger, larger SUVs. I think you know this is all about reducing carbon. We want to see smaller, lighter cars in the market that are affordable, and you know eventually they'll get down to the second-hand market and will be even more affordable. Um, but I think that's actually a really important, important area. And there's interesting things happening, for example, in France where the government is subsidizing um, leasing smaller electric cars to people on lower incomes and things like that. So I think potentially as the market develops, I'd like to see those types of policies to make sure that electric cars are for all and not just for the few that can afford them.
0: That's all for this episode. Many thanks for listening. And if you liked it, then please do check out all our other episodes and be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you get every single episode as soon as it's released. For daily news coverage, features and much more, you can also head over to evpowered.co.uk. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode of the Everything EV podcast.